We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings, the Masters. Round one, recap, look ahead to Friday and the weekend to see if we can figure out what the best waves to target are, or maybe even some live betting opportunities we can get to, and whether or not we're going to be playing golf this time tomorrow night, or on Saturday, or what the hell is going on. We don't know. Uh, We can look at the forecast. That we can do. I'm pretty sure about that. But how to interpret it properly? You know, we've struggled with that in the past. We'll see if we can do the best we can with it. Reminder to everyone to smash the like button to this episode, sub to Mayo Media Network, and thanks to myself and my guest, Tyler Tambellini, Toe Tambo. We each pitched in an extra $250 for a giveaway prize. I hope you retweeted the tidbits at Toe Tambo on Twitter because that gets your ballots in the draw. If not, you can go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review five stars, the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to get those ballots in the draw. We'll give away the winners next week when we're trying to win. After we both win a million dollars, Tambo, we can probably give away even more money, right? That's right. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully uh, a better day tomorrow. It's the tradition, like uh, they say, a tradition unlike any other. The one for me, Pat, though, is at this event, looking at the leaderboard after day one and being like, oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. But then you realize, like, Woodland and some of these guys up at the top that you just had, like, I just didn't have any part of these guys, and they're up there at the top. And then you've got three leaders in first. You've got Adam Scott is in the mix. You've got uh, amateur Sam Bennett, who I'm sure we'll talk about in a second, bogey-free 68. But, yeah, it looks uh, looks like there's some opportunities, but all my lineups, we had a guy tag us on Twitter, are like, the same as he mentioned. I've got all these guys in the mix, but not all of them with one of the leaders. And Rom came in extremely low owned overall as well. So that that was something going into the slate also. Well, there's always the thing that you can look at at the Masters where I believe it is the past 20 winners or something even crazier like that. Justin Ray has the stat. I'm sure everyone follows Justin Ray. But you have to be inside the top 15 of players after round one if you want to win the Masters. Just no one comes from that far back to do it. So the cutoff line right now, I guess, depending on what Spieth does on 18, because that's still going on as we're talking. And Lord knows what he's up to. He could be in the trees. He may have made a hole in one on a par four, who just with the way that his day's going. That that leaves a few guys like off, like on the chopping block, like no Rory, no Thomas, no Keegan, no Cam Smith. My guy Ryan Fox is lurking and actually had a very nice day at minus two. But, you know, he's not going to win now. No Fitz, no Tom Kim, all guys that like, I mean, I have a ton of Fox. I have a ton of Fitzpatrick. I have a ton of Justin Thomas. It sucks that they can't win. 
Yeah, that's what they say. I have one guy. You talk live betting opportunity. I'm pretty intrigued by the Cantlay number, 66. He's right there. He's one under. He's out of it. It's T26, whatever, everything you just said with the Ray stat. But if you look at his stats, I know we're going to talk about Scotty's stats, the guys losing a million strokes with the putter, and, you know, the other, other guys up there as well. But the one guy down there, just a little bit, is Patrick Cantlay. Felt like he could easily be three, four under. He can get it back tomorrow. The possibilities are there. But again, like I said, we have to talk weather and all that stuff as well. So let's talk about the weather before we jump into any sort of betting opportunities. What are you seeing for Friday? Right right now, I was just looking at it here to pull it up again to double check because I had it up all weekend and, you know, for showdown tomorrow as well. It's interesting. The temperatures actually show warmer in the morning tomorrow than the afternoon. And then also at around one, two o'clock, it shows that the winds pick up huge just out of nowhere. It's like three to five miles per hour in the morning, gusts up to 10 to 12. And then boom, 15 to 17 miles per hour, steady, sustained. And then you've got up to 30 mile per hour gusts, little bit of rain showing, but not nearly as much as what it looks like for Saturday still. And that's just how I see it shaking out as of now. Yeah, I, I see the same thing. Basically between, at like 1.30 p.m. local, we're going to get to a situation where it just the rain front comes in. Like it just, it's nice, it's nice, it's nice. Oh God, there's rain and wind. And I'm just trying to look at the guys right now that are going to go be going out in the afternoon. Do you think play is going to stop at all tomorrow? It's hard to say. That's uh, like, that's the thing I don't know. Like when I'm looking at it here, I don't see as much rain as what others are talking about versus obviously Saturday is loaded up and looks there's like, there's a ton of rain, but I'm not sure how that's going to be. And for thunderstorms in the area or anything like that, where it could happen. I, I don't, I don't see it. It just looks like it's going to play pretty tough in that afternoon segment. Yeah, I, I would advise that if, I mean, maybe this isn't going to end up affecting anything anyway, but the guys that go out in the morning and will be done their rounds before all this stuff gets in might be on like a you know 30-hour break here, depending on what happens. Because if there is any sort of electricity in this like weather system that's coming in, play is going to be stopped. There's like two and a half millimeters dropping around four o'clock. I could see them shutting it down. That's a lot for like a one-hour period that we almost get a situation like we saw when Hideki won two years ago, where it's just going to stop for 60 minutes, 90 minutes, then they get to come back on the course. Unfortunately, when Hideki came back on the course, the conditions were completely benign and the greens were about as receptive as they were today because they were very receptive, very slow for masters greens that, I mean, it's, it's the slowest first round I can ever think of in terms of how slow the ball was rolling on the green, unless you're Tom Kim trying to chip out of the 15th bunker, then, you know, you can pick up some speed going down that hill and end up in the water. But other than that, like guys were attacking pins all day long. Like the only defensive putt that I could really see was that putt on 15. Everyone was just so terrified of it going past the hole and into the water, but everyone else was just taking stabs and being aggressive. Like Brooks, especially, which is, He's like, oh, I'm 35 feet. I'm just going to put this in the center of the cup. Like, I really don't care if it goes 10 feet by. I'll make the comebacker. And that seemed to be what a lot of the guys, especially at the very top of the leaderboard, were doing. Like, Rom, after the first hole, after the four putt, was like, fuck it. You know, I'm just, just going to try to put this in. Like, no pussyfooting around anymore. Uh, I'm just going to aim at the center of the cup or just have my line. And I don't care if it goes eight feet past. I'm missing two footer, footers. You know, maybe eight feet's going to work out better for me. And that really worked out for him because I think he ended up positive in the putting category for the day, which is insane to think about. Just shy, but it stems from, it's almost positive you can give them because the four putter, I was just, the four putter, I was just looking it up, but uh, Spieth in the bunker on 18, by the way, off the tee. So uh, he's kind of rounding it out there, it looks like, but the the Brooks stuff, definitely something. I mean, you know, we, he was coming off a win on live. Everyone was giving him shit for that. I mean, he talked about it in his interview afterwards, obviously the health being the biggest factor, but he was completely dialed today on approach, everything. The putter looked good for him. You mentioned that. 
getting into the lead. We got a live guy in the lead tied with Hovland and Rom. So that's something. And then just some of the other stuff, like I said, not really needing that. And if, if for the weather for the putting side of things, but if the weather does move over, like you said, tomorrow and we get that set up, man, that like, it would be just like this morning. And all those guys just went low. It was like, everybody was scoring from all angles. So I don't know what to do with it, but I know for showdown tomorrow, uh, I'm going to be just targeting those morning guys, especially. And if you're looking for opportunities for guys to climb the board, and then, like you said, maybe break some of the past trends, Pat, that could be a thing as well. If, you know, the, the weather does go in our favor and they do have to play through it a little bit in the afternoon, you could find some of those guys sneak up tomorrow morning. I was just pulling up the tee times there. You know, uh, you got, you, the, go my, my guy's the first guy out on the course. You got to play him tomorrow. Is it Camp Champ? I was just about to say. Cam Champ. I was just about to say, your guy Cam Champ is what I was about to say, and you said it. So there we go. We're on the same page. I knew you are going to say that. Rough scene today for a lot of those value guys, really, just thinking about some of them out there. I know I'm talking DraftKings perspective, but just in general, these results out on the course, like some of the guys that we liked down there, some of those, the value guys that others like too, the the ownerships and whatnot, they just did not have the best days. But yeah, he, he's going out first thing in the morning. Uh, uh, who else is out there? Mito, Woodland is back out. Kepka is back out. Danny Willett is back out. Your other guy. There's a lot of guys that you can play that are definitely playable. It's just, you know, some of the guys, you know, Scotty's out at 1030. I don't know if you weigh that differently than the guys out off the first setup, but I think he'll still be okay, to be honest. Yeah, I'm just looking at it right now. Like the, if the times that are going out at 10 a.m. So if they're going to be like four and a half, five hour rounds, now we're into that potential like weather delay a little bit. They might have to come out and finish a few holes in the wind, you know, 17 and 18 proved to be like 17 was the difficult hole today where guys ask Seamus power about how 17 and 18 are going for you. Ask Cameron champ, how that's working out. Ask Adrian Moronk, Moronka dunk, but the Moronkin Rolla, the, my God, the Polish giraffe, like he had a great round on the go. And that was the shitty thing. Like I played a ton of power. I played a ton of Moronk and I'm sitting there like, this is going to be great. These guys are doing amazing. And then all of a sudden it's just, it's not worth, even looking at them anymore because it's like oh god taylor moore i think is in a nice spot he finishes round very nicely after some really early struggles and the one thing i wanted to point out before i completely forget about it hovland had one bad putt all day i noticed it with seamus power when he took that double on 17 he had a really bad putt um there was like three or four of them throughout the course of the day everyone keeps trying to putt from just off of the green and every time they putt from just off the green it absolutely fucks them they they have to chip that yeah, I, I noticed that as well. I'm glad you brought that up. And then the Taylor Moore thing, because we liked him on the Wednesday show, was a, a just a crazy thing just to go back and look. I did this like late last night. I ended up getting a little bit more of him. Hopefully he comes out hot again in the morning. But just looking back, we talked about the Valspar win and tying some of that stuff. Get, hey, you said it yesterday. Maybe that means Sam Burns. What, what's he at? Four under or five under, I think. Look at, look at him. But just going back to Taylor Moore, the other interesting factor was using him as like a guy versus Corey Connors. They both are coming off a win. One guy had a little bit of time off, I think a week or two for, for Taylor Moore. But if you went back and looked at all the other designated events, Taylor Moore was in the mix and he was scoring well. So just as an extra deep dive there, that was something I noticed that even in like his 35ths or 15ths and stuff like that, he was scoring up there in the top range. So I think that's something to watch for the morning tomorrow. I got no problem going back to him. He did end the, end the round well, like you said. So champ more. And I would say Ryan Fox, Ryan Fox is like one of the few players in the field. He finished at minus two. He gained across all four strokes game metrics for the first round he's ever played at Augusta. Yeah, he definitely looked good.
you know, bit overall, like any type of round, even like Max Holm at the end was saying, like, if you just get to under par, a guy like Ryan Fox being at two under again, he's lurking. He's T17. I don't, I'm not sure where you're cutting it off there because he's outside that 15. I mean, I'm, listen, I'm not going to make but, a wager on Ryan Fox to win, but I think if you're playing showdown tomorrow, he's on the course at 924. So that could yeah. work out pretty well for him. Like days in the group ahead of him. I mean, there's, I think Seb Strzok is an absolute trap tomorrow after what he did. Like the dude basically hit his irons as well as Minwoo Lee did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was really, it was really bad. I'm just, I got the stats in front of me right now and his were horrible. Uh, a lot of around the green play, which is typically required around here, but you don't want it when that's all that they've got. You know, I can get, I can forgive in some spots, but that one don't love quite as much. So I, I like that call for Fox and showdown. I was looking at some other guys. I guess if you want to just take some shots, one, one that stood out to me was Mito. Just going back to him. If you liked him in round one, I can go back to him in round two. I got no problem with that. Uh, and then what are you doing? We 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 well, got to talk about Sam Sam Bennett here. Like this guy just went out. I guess I forgot this. I don't know if you follow Gabby Herzig. She reminded me on Twitter. She posted it out. But she said, remember back to the USM where he was actually spoke to the media about this saying, you guys are, you're not giving me no love. Let me show you what's up. And then he goes out and wins the thing over Ben Carr. Got a little tight down the end, but he gets the job done. This week, I just posted on Twitter because it is funny. It was all the talk about Sargent and him going out there and getting the job done. And look at him. He's what, five over or something like that. He had a nice 18th hole. I saw it down the stretch. He had a little bit of a a Spieth-esque up and down type round, but not with the results as far as what shows up on the leaderboard at five over. But Bennett, 68, bogey free. Now everyone's moving over to that. Like, don't forget about this guy, right? So what what are your thoughts on him going through maybe tomorrow? Another Sammy B. You needed the Sammy B squared. Sam Burns, Sam Bennett. I just worry that it was uh, it was a lot of chipping and putting from Sam Bennett. Like he was dialed in. If he was you know, two feet off the green, he was sticking that to two feet and making the putt. I mean, obviously he didn't miss anything inside 10 feet. I don't think all day long, the greens are going to be different. I, if it doesn't rain overnight, which it's not supposed to, I bet you these get a lot firmer and faster in the morning. So when you have guys that have only played one round, I guess that'd be one of the drawbacks to Fox as well is that if they do speed up a little bit, now you're seeing almost an entirely different course based on the approaches that you need to hit and the putts that you need to make and the speed control that you need to have. And let's be real here. Like the pins were pretty easy today. That's about as easy as I've ever seen them at the Masters. Yeah, the lead up of all the rain too, kind of what we talked about yesterday, just how much rain they'd have was like, I think they said the most in the last 10 years or something leading into the event. Then you get the easier pin placements. Guys just went out and attacked it. And as they will, uh, some some great shots though overall and just some incredible stuff down the stretch. So uh, I'm excited for tomorrow. I think, like you said, we're going to have to be sitting back and wondering what this weather is going to do. But I, I don't know if you see any other opportunities out there from like a betting perspective or matchups or anything there that you were, you were planning on looking at. Well, it's funny. I, I haven't bet on Scotty Scheffler since he started winning events. Uh, I was you know, a big investor in Scotty Scheffler when he was perpetually 30 to one and couldn't make a putt to save his life. Lo and behold, I put money on him this week. And what happens? Guy can't make a two foot putt anymore. It's outrageous. Yet he's the second favorite to win at plus 450. He still had an incredible round. Like him and Rom were so much better than everyone else today. Tita Green, it was unbelievable. Yeah, f- funny how that works. The two best are, became the two best, but it is crazy for, from the start that Rom had. And then someone said it, like you would have thought that Scotty shot a 75 today. No, no, no. He's right there in the mix again, four under, ready to go, losing almost four strokes putting and ready to come back and crush it over the weekend. So I think he's going to only get better. Guys, guys like him and Rom, obviously being the best in the world, we don't have to worry about that too much. It was Rory, though, the outlier in the sense of, again, everyone piled on. 
you, you know, go back from, from even like the betting spots. People were loving him for this year. This is going to be Rory's year. All the stuff leading up, everything going with that from a DraftKings perspective, I believe he was the highest owned of the guys at the top. Scotty just behind him. And then Rom ended up having quite a dip to that. But Rory always makes itself. And again, this year, hard on himself in round one, Pat. So he's the guy down the board that you know, I don't know what you're doing with him or what your thoughts are on that, but I'm sure he'll find a way to backdoor top 10 this thing by the end of the weekend, whenever that is. I'm sure, but I, I don't want to put the money on. Now, obviously, what's Rory in the live market right now? Whatever oh, it's it is. It's, it's, like, it's like 20. It's Yeah, yeah. it's going to be something stupid anyway. Yeah, it's, it's 20 to 1. Like, that's absolutely not worth it to go in. Like, the move would have been to bet Rom after the four putt on the first hole. Like, just, and then Dust buries him. It's over. Might as well move on to Harbor Town for John Rom, and then had maybe the best 17 holes ever at the Masters. Yeah, it was very nice. I, I don't know, like, I didn't look what his odds got up to after that because I guess I should start doing that after the – who started? It was Tom, Tom Kim it was did Tom it. Tom Kim. But then I thought somebody else did it too, and it was like, if he can do it, and then Tom Kim does it, now you got to do it when John Rahm does it. But I, I don't – did you see what the odds got to after I, that? I didn't know. I assume they probably slipped to, like, 16 or 20. Yeah, I was going to say may, maybe 16 does, does sound about right, but I, I wasn't too keen on, like, let me get to my – computer to my app right now and get the, this bet in but it would have been the play for sure like you said who are you feeling the best about at the top like victor's still nine to one and i mean he in and cam young i would throw into this mix that cam young just looked dialed in all day and then it kind of came apart a little bit towards the end as and when i say come apart i mean like he wasn't as precise as he was and hovland when you look at the numbers doesn't seem like he was overly precise but anything inside 10 feet, he essentially walked into the center of the cup. Like the, there was no putt that came. The only bad putt was that one from off the green. And then he made the one after it anyway. So it didn't make a difference, but everything was just money. Is he going to gain four strokes putting every round? No, but I would expect his ball striking to get better because it wasn't elite today. It was just okay. Yeah. Two things I'll say on that because I'm glad you brought that up. Three things actually one, and this is just the narrative side of it, but super confident after the round in his, in the stuff he's got. I know people made fun of the quotes on the way in about how he was saying, I have my around the green game. Now I know what to do. I've got the tools. Sure. Everyone's going to say what they need to say to feel confident, feel motivated coming into an event like this. But the other two things I was going to say, one, uh, you, like you say, he's not going to gain it with the putter, but the ball striking is what he always has Two, tie that in segue it in with the set setup of, if it does get harder, Pat, we're going to get the tougher pin placements. We're going to get potentially faster greens and things like that, where then that ball striking can help set him up for success versus today he got around like that. So having that around the green game, being able to make some putts, it's what I always say. Is he going to make four tomorrow? No. But can he drop to one and a half and still have a pretty good day if the rest is dialed in? Yeah, that's still a pretty good day for a guy like him. So I actually think I'm feeling pretty good about Hovland. Obviously, the Roms and the Schefflers, I expect to continue on. I expect, I expect Cantlay to make some more putts and get things going there. I, I want your take, though, on Brooks. because and, and even just to mention quickly, sorry, Cam Young, he's been dialed in. We saw it at the match play, a totally different setup, but we knew his, his ball striking, the approach game, everything coming in, getting to sorry on the bag, all those factors, great. But when you look at it from the other perspective, it's still, I don't know, four, three more full days that you got to go of that. And you've got all the guys lurking around him that we expect to either like Scheffler already have a jacket or a guy like Rom, we expect to put on a jacket. I, I don't know what your thoughts are on Kepka though, because very, very nice today and, and says he's feeling healthy. He's motivated, man. And that's usually when he was at his best and winning these majors. He looked healthy too. Like it's just the way that he was getting through the ball. And we'll, we'll get to the, the possible infractions here in a moment, but oh, there's a couple. 
<laughs> we we talk so much about like, hey, there's no way that Victor's going to repeat and just gain four strokes a day on the green. Is he going to gain 17 strokes putting for the Masters? No, he's not. That doesn't happen. But you can spin that other ways too. Like Brooks had the best iron round he's going to have this week. He gained over five strokes on approach. Is Brooks going to gain 20 strokes on approach at the Masters? Like, no. Like when Tiger won, he had like an outlier approach performance. He gained 10. So he's on pace to have double that. So that's going to regress in some form. And like you said, it might not be minus five tomorrow. It might just be like one. And then all of a sudden it doesn't look as good. And like the chipping wasn't all that great. The driving wasn't all that great from Brooks. It was irons and putting basically the same sort of formula that we say that wins the Sony open is what Brooks was doing today. That's just a much more difficult course. So conditions get ratcheted up the two players. I'm actually most pumped about and where they sit right now are Rose and Lowry, because the whole reason that I ended up betting them, obviously I'm biased. I have them both on my betting card. But the whole point of taking those guys was the conditions are going to get shitty. I just need them to be lurking and then let the conditions get shitty and then let them do their thing in the bad conditions because that's what they do. That's one of the reasons why I'd be – I like if Ryan Fox can make the cut, I think I would go to him in round three regardless because those mm-hmm. are the types of windy, wet conditions that he can really excel in. Same with Lowry. Same with Rose. And I would say Scheffler's probably on that list too. I don't know how – rom and brooks and hovland are going to do in that area so they really kind of need to come out and storm it tomorrow vic's got the afternoon that's bad rom's got the afternoon that's bad cam young has the afternoon day and kepka and scotty and sam burns are all sitting there with potentially free conditions tomorrow before it gets shitty yeah and, and i don't know i didn't have i, pull, I pushed away the tea times if you got them there but like where where's where's kawa spieth now jt the even cam smith actually there's five pretty solid lurkers there at two three four under that are sitting there where, where are those guys at some of the other names uh speed's going out just before 11 okay with Finau. burns is in the group before him with rory and tom kim at 10 42 uh thomas is going to be in the afternoon because he was in the morning this morning right yeah he was in the morning this morning um who else day is playing very early he's playing at 9 36 that's a nice draw for jason day and who was the last one you said? Uh, Cam Smith. I just thought about him because I, I just was surprised. He still had a all right day for what well, didn't look like great play or anything like that. Just going out there and moseying around and still gets to two under. So, you know, he's got a pretty good track record around here. Maybe that was just getting the motor started and we could see it happen tomorrow. I just wasn't sure of his tee time. I couldn't remember. I think he went out early today, though. Yeah, he is in the last group tomorrow. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought he went up real early. Okay, so yeah, just just to note, like those guys are back there. Obviously, I'm with you on uh, we we both had Hovland, we both have Rose. You you've got the Lowry one as well up there. You've got Scheffler. You you got a nice card going for yourself right now. I'm excited though about the Rose factor. Like you mentioned that again, just solid everything across the board. The harder the pin placements, the harder the course, the faster the greens, anything like that. That's really what it is. And I remember. Uh, Ron Kloss, PGA Splits 101, had posted it coming in. I had Rose for first-round leader as well because of this, but him on these pure bent grass greens and with the speed over the years and his history and all that, it was close, man. I mean, it wasn't three to seven under when you look at it. Okay, he's off by four strokes, but talking about being in the mix with three full days to go for the outright bet on the tournament, I'm much happier with that, especially because I got eight places. So uh, I'm excited to see where he can go after tomorrow and then beyond once we eventually get to whatever that weekend looks like of play. DJ is another good showdown play tomorrow. He was amazing. He was fifth off, fourth off the tee behind Rom, Cam Young. You know who led the field in driving today? I didn't see, no. Sergeant Gordon. Oh, 
Makes sense. Like he, his ball striking was immaculate today. Between chipping and putting, he lost nine strokes to the field. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, that that makes sense. I mean, our our buddy Ryan Baroff. I, I was talking to him before the tournament. Obviously, Sky, Sky was on him, and everyone mentioned. We know why we're all, we're on him. We all hopped on with them. Like everyone did it. I'm making fun of myself on Twitter, saying golf Twitter is turning their heads to Sam Bennett now. Of course, but I'm just saying the one thing that worried me, and it worries me with any amateur coming in here, is just the nuances of it. So yeah, you can pound the ball out there, but there's still like when Bryson beefed up and said, "Oh, it's a par 67 for me." Okay, bud, you're gonna put the ball out there, and that's great, but you still have to do the other stuff. At least with Bryson, we knew stuff about him. We knew what like he did have the potential in the bag when we all bet him at what was it, 66 to one that year or whatever. I think we were getting him at or 50 to one. We were happy about our futures on him, but this was a different scenario. And you see it. I didn't even really dig in that deep. I just knew it was gonna be bad. But like you said, off the tee, great approach, solid. And then you go look at his around the green and putting for Sargent. That's just not good stuff, man. So makes sense. First time coming out, but who knows what he can do tomorrow. I just think, like you said, it's going to be tough for any of these guys. Who surprised you the most today, either being good or being bad? I, I don't really know about a surprise as much as just, you know, Adam Scott, Gary Woodland. Like, I get, like again, now you get it when you see them up there. It's not like a super sure. surprise. It's Adam I, Scott. I, I, like, have, I have one for you, though. Who, who who do you got? Phil. Oh, yeah. What did he get to? One under? Yeah, he finished at one under, but he, he doubled 14, I think it was. But like, he, he played really well. Did he have penalties at all or no? I thought I saw something on that as well. I know you were going to talk about the other infractions, but I, I think he was just, he made some mistakes down the stretch. And he talked about it after being able to be, you know, he could have easily been three, four under today, which was fine. But I do remember this too, Pat. I'm not sure if you caught that tidbit, but people talking about Phil's round, the final round third round uh, there's only three rounds the final round of live orlando they said he just threw i think he threw up like a 66 or a 67 and be like oh watch out for phil coming in and i was like yeah there's no chance but man there's always something with this guy so for him to get to one under it is something and then of course i got caught up in the wind of you making fun of his photo at the champions dinner and then his face and the aging process and everything that goes with it so i did not Get myself any Phil Mickelson, old lefty, old lefty there. Yeah, he still needs to string it together. It was 11. He dunked it in the water. Same as Spieth, okay. actually. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Spieth. I had him <laughs> as first-round leader, and I have him in, I mean, I started, I think, 50% of my lineups this week, Scheffler, Spieth, which I'm not, like, mad about. I think I'm actually in a pretty good spot with both those guys because, I mean, Scheffler could have made eight more birdies, I think, with all the putts he missed. And Spieth, I think, did make seven birdies. So scoring-wise, he was fine. He had a streak in there. It was glorious. It's, But I don't know what goes through this guy's fucking mind, man. Like, it, it's it's going pin-seeking on 11, the hardest hole on the course, mind-bogglingly stupid, puts it in the water. He finally gets through 12, the hole that's plagued him. And then what was he doing on 13 going for the green? What, what did he <laughs> think was going to happen with that? <laughs> oh, I forget who always tweets them, but it reminds me of the tweet where they talk about Greller and, and how he's like the most underpaid on tour because he's a, a caddy for a guy like Jordan Spieth on top of having to be a therapist, like just has to listen to it and go through it. And he's got all the nuances of how Jordan Spieth acts and talks and, de and he deals with it. And he saved him so many times, but it's like the guy, like you said, what is going through Spieth's mind with some of these ideas and thought processes and shots that he decides to take on because it's incredible for someone that knows the course so well. But then, like you said, he still goes out and throws up seven birdies. 
So from a scoring perspective, and he's in the mix. He's T13. He's sitting right there. I don't care what the conditions of the course look like. I mean, anything here suits Jordan Speed. So he's fine in showdown. He's fine. In, what, what's his number right now? It's still not going to be good. But I'm just saying, like, he he's obviously a guy that can climb into the mix here over the weekend. It would not surprise anybody, even with the crazy stuff that he was doing today and going on. I see he's he's 16 to 1 at DraftKings Sportsbook. Yeah, it's, that's what we're seeing. Like that's not a good number. No, it's not. I, like, I got no interest for, in that. For, just, for yeah. reference for people out there, Cam Young is 16 to 1. Like, listen, going into the tournament, I thought that Spieth had a much better chance. Where they're currently situated, I think I would take Cam Young. Yeah. From from Bally, I don't I don't really like either of them, but it was just uh, interesting to note. I think the way to get access to him is, like I said, whether you want to do it in matchups or you want to do it in your showdown lineups that that's really the two ways I would look at targeting something like that versus just saying, let's get in on speed at 16 to one right now with Hovland, Rom, Kepka, Scheffler, all, even Shoffley is up there too. Didn't talk about him yet, but I mean, he he's looked very good today. Solid stats across the board as well. He's sitting at four under also. So I don't know. There's, there's a lot of guys up there that I could see actually putting on the jacket at the end of this thing that I, I wouldn't want to mess with too much out there. When's Kitty going off tomorrow? I brought his early wave today, wasn't he? Yeah, he's going out at like uh, one thirty Eastern, I believe. One thirty. He, he gained like around the green approach, driving like he had the third worst putting day of anyone. Scotty had the second worst putting day behind Sergeant <laughs> Gordon, but like there's not there's not a chance that like Scheffler loses sixteen strokes putting and still wins this tournament, right? No, there, well, there's just do the first sentence for a second and you're good. There's not no, a chance this guy it, loses it, anything. Yeah. This is the reason that I bet him. And this is the reason I came close to locking him in in DraftKings. And I talked about it all week. And I finally got there with the bet when I was talking to you. But even when he plays poorly, he plays great. Like, this is exactly, there's not that much difference between, I remember when we got rain delayed on the cut sweat show. And Jeff, Tim, and I were looking at the stats and looking at everyone on the leaderboards. Like, oh, Scotty's not even putting. And he's like two off the lead. Like, he's going to win. I kind of feel the same way right now. Like, imagine if he just had, imagine if he has Victor's putting day from today, tomorrow, he's going to shoot like 12 under. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I, I don't, I mean, again, like I said, the conditions are going to get a little bit tougher, pin placements, et cetera, so on and so forth. He's still Scotty, but he's going to putt better. I, I just know, like, you're not going to see him lose this many again, I don't think, ever for the rest of this tournament. I know that's, it's not really bold to say that he lost so much that it's whatever, but I just do think it's going to get much better for him. And that's the other part, is the other stuff doesn't go away. You saw at the start of the week, the gap between his ball striking, like him, Rom, Rory types, and then how much it drops off to the rest of the the 
the guys in the tournament that it's just a tier above is what I was trying to say. So that that's where, like you said, you, you did the right thing. You had the ability to put it on your card that way. Right now it's looking really good for you from that perspective. And, and your card looks good. Like I said, I'm, I'm okay with it. Hovland 40 Rose 66. And I had the day future 80. We didn't talk about day yet much, but day right up there in the mix as well. You know, I think he's afternoon tomorrow. Like you said, there was some no, going no, on. Day, day, day is in the morning tomorrow. He is one of like the more advantageous tea times. Oh, he is actually. Yeah. I was thinking the opposite, but it was that I was just watching him down stretch. Yeah. Nine 30 in the morning. So, so nine 30 ish. So yeah, here are the worst. Like if, if we, and here's the thing though, cause like it could get rained out tomorrow afternoon. We don't know. Then all of a sudden these guys get pushed into Saturday to finish their round, which looking at the weather report doesn't really look great whatsoever. Like it's going to rain all day on Saturday. Do you think they had a shot on Saturday? It looks so bad, man. Like, again, the other thing too, is the temperatures. Like look how cold Saturday looks compared to tomorrow. So Saturday is going to be, Oh my God, eight degrees Celsius. What's that? Like 50, 45 to 50. Yeah. the canadian bias we got celsius turned on over here you got kilometer per hours with the winds too no i actually have that on miles per hour (laughs) okay you got that one swapped okay it makes sense either way like tomorrow though you're looking at 70 to 75 it drops to like 60 fahrenheit 50 58 that you go on saturday not only is the rain all day harder at certain times especially it's also the colder temperatures and the winds are a steady 10 to 15 with gusts up to 25 to 30 so I don't know what they do. My, I guess the big question I keep getting, Pat, you're usually better with this stuff and how it plays out and TV contracts and all those factors. Like, what's the plan here if Saturday doesn't go well? Because I know we're getting ahead of ourselves tomorrow's Friday, but still, I'm just saying, what's the plan if tomorrow gets pushed out a little bit and then Saturday is just big trouble? How are they going to do this? What's it going to look like? Squeeze 36 into Sunday. Oh, gosh. They'll, they'll try to, at least, depending on what Sunday looks like. But here's the two bad things about – like, I wanted to see that if, let's say, there is a cancellation tomorrow, they have to end the rounds, and the guys who go out late don't get to finish until Saturday morning. Saturday morning, like you said, it's frigid, and yeah. it's gusts up to 30 miles per hour. Like, it's not easier conditions, but even if it's a softer course, it's going to rain all day long. And it does look like in the morning, starting at 8 a.m., it's like, half a millimeter, 0.2 of a millimeter. Like you can play in that. That's not a big deal. So until you get to like noon, then it gets up to like a millimeter per hour. And that starts to add up a lot. And then you get up to like two and a half, 1.12, 4.9, starting at like 5 p.m. So I'd say best case scenario, the guys finish their rounds on Friday. The final five groups don't hit a shot on Saturday and they get pushed into Sunday, which in better conditions only gives them a bigger advantage. Unless, unless it's Shane Lowry and playing 36 might be a bit much for the big man. Yeah. And and I do, like you said, worry a little bit because again, it's kind of like a showdown versus whatever we're thinking of just overall the tournament perspective is that it doesn't, it doesn't look that much better. Like you're going out in the wind, even if it is softer because some of the rain that came down, it's freezing and it's windy. That's not going to be ideal. So to end it out, like, what are those groups, by the way? I'm just pulling it up here so now. I, I have it in front of me. So the, the last group out on Friday is Sungjae, Cam Smith, and Hideki. Mm-hmm. And then it's Cam Young, Rom, and Justin Thomas. Big one. Adam Scott, Cantlay, Kitayama, Xander, Tiger, and Hovland. Those are the final four groups on Friday. That's not good. It's not good. I mean, obviously the talent levels, we've seen JT battle through conditions multiple times. So at least you've got the talent factor of it. John Rom could, but I'm just saying, and, and others could as well. I'm just saying that is something to look at. And oh man, the tiger factor, we, we didn't spend much time on that, but 
not because he's not really in the mix anyway as of right now, but he, speaking of like Brooks looking healthy, Tiger did not look healthy. And he also almost had a tumble there. I don't know if you saw that, but you know, that awkward stance out of the bunker and did look, I forget which leg is the bad one. And I was like, holy, that did not look good. Probably, you know, for either, but it's just one of those things. And if he has to play 36 holes in a day, that's not going to, that's done. Like, I think he just WDs and moves on or something like, yeah, I don't know. He's going to try. I, I hit that super boosted even money that he'd make the cut. And he, he put on a nice rally. So I think he's inside the cut line at plus one right now. I think the yeah. cut currently is plus one. I think that gets worse as of tomorrow. But yeah, I don't see him doing much on the weekend. Although he'd be one of the first guys out on the course if he shoots like even par or something like that tomorrow. That's why I think it's a big benefit to the leaders that they don't have to play in that extreme win. And then they get a soft course on Sunday for 36 holes. They can just kind of go ham. So if you're looking for an outright bet, You'd want to you'd want to have the guys that are jockeying for top end position on tomorrow. Obviously, you want the guys at the top of the board. That's not like a relevatory statement, but I think the guys in the morning have an easier path of getting there if they are close, rather than like if Rom just stood at minus seven or dropped back and was like minus five or something like that. I don't expect him to shoot eighty or anything stupid like that, but I don't expect him to be minus five either. What about uh, DJ 66 to one? I don't mind that as much. Like he just had, like he, like I said, he was top five in driving today and everything else was just kind of average. And that doesn't usually stick with DJ where the driving is going to be relatively consistent. He's going to be one of the best guys in the field, but he'll get a hot putter at some point. He'll get his hot irons at some point, And all of a sudden he could vault up this list with the good tee time. Well, that's what I was thinking when the way you just said that, it's like, he's only, a stroke bat. What is he right now? T he's minus, he's, he's minus one. Yeah. So I was just looking at it. Like we're looking at talking about guys like the, the JTs and stuff that are going out in the bad wave. What potentially could be the bad wave. Again, we're speaking hypotheticals here, but just weighing it out. It's like, that's how you got to look at these types of things. And 66 for him, if he picks it up, finds his way around, he could easily see him be in the top 10 after you could easily see him be in the top 10 after round two. And then, you know, got the whole weekend to make things happen. Just depends on what the others do. But if, like you said, Cam Young, Hovland, Rom, all those guys fall back, you ne- you never know what could happen, man. Maybe our guy, maybe Day or Lowry or Rose, those guys just sneak up and get the job done. But I, I don't hate the the DJ number when you consider like Spieth at 20 or, or 16, sorry, and then DJ at 66. Yeah, you're just paying the Spieth tax on that. I wish Answer had a better tee time because he had a really rough stretch. I think it was like six, seven, and eight. Went bogey, bogey, bogey. And then he played flawless the rest of the way. No more bogeys, three birdies, got back to even. I thought Champ was going to do the same thing too. He rallied and then he bogey, went bogey, bogey, 17, 18 after finally tearing it up. He only birdied one of the par fives today. Like that's even as crappy as he's playing. Like he should be in contention to eagle all these par fives. That's a good showdown play for tomorrow. There we are. So that, 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 that's we joked the, about it off the top, but interestingly enough, just while I was looking at the same board, Rose is still like 50 in some places. We just, again, if you didn't catch him, I got him at 66 and was happy about it leading into the tournament. Now we've come out and seen what he's done. He goes out at 10 o'clock in the morning tomorrow. You talked about if it gets harder and better. Like, I'm just looking at a couple different guys from the recap perspective to see some numbers. And it's not that far off from the 66 or the 75 others got him at. And now you've actually seen something from him. And again, if you think that some of those guys up top fall back, that and you think Rose can continue to play well, that's... The, sw- the swap is good. So you're you're in better shape. Those are just a couple of the other ones that I saw that stood out to me. So 
Rose DJ 50 66, at least some interest. Yeah, I like those too. The 50 on Rose, like he and Finao basically have the same day, and Finao's 20 to 1. So I'm much, yeah. I, I don't think that their odds are two and a half times the difference of their actual win equity. The problem is, like, even if you go like run a simulation right now and go look at the overall win equity of these guys, it's going to spit out Rom and Scheffler. Like, they probably yeah. account for 50% of the win equity right now, which is fair, I think. Especially Scheffler. I, I think like right now, I know the books have Rom as the favorite because he's sitting at the top of the board at the lead, at the first round leader tie with Hovland and with Brooks. But again, based on everything else we see and know and think about, I definitely think it's Scheffler. I think you're in good shape with your bet right now. Just looks like he could put it on twice early after round one. Yeah, I, I just ran mine. I'm looking at data golf too to see if there's any major discrepancies. So mine had my simulations have them at 48% total win equity between the two of them. Data Golf have them at 41%. So like 25% for Rom, 16% for Scheffler, and then Brooks is the next closest at 9%. Then Day, actually, no, it's it's Victor at 9%, Brooks at 6%. I think that's underrating Brooks a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think so too. But, the, you know, what's he at right now? Like, uh, if you, you missed the boat on him, he was 40 and 50 with boosts. And I made fun of it because it's the rare scenario. Again, it's not over. It's one round. But just to say it, like, it was, what was it? Like, uh, boosting him to 40, took all the money. And then we're like, all right, now we're boosting him to 50. Come on back for more. And I don't know. They could get punished. Put him out at, the, at that number. That's when uh, we always used to hit Brooks. I think what was the last time in the PGA Tour? The, uh, the Waste Management Phoenix Open? was like a 40 or a 50 on Brooks community 50. win that everybody hit. So anytime they put that number, I guess you just got to take it into consideration, especially coming off the win. And if you didn't want to play him on DraftKings at 18% ownership or whatever, he did eat into Connors, by the way, just going to DraftKings for a second. I think you tweeted that today and it was noticeable like uh, to Connors, sorry. Connors did not get up to 20 to 30 percent ish. Like we thought might happen. It ended up being Brooks balancing out connor's it was like 18 and 22 23 or something like that i mean good thing brooks is tied for the league because it was a bad day for the live tour yes other than uh other than brooks not not a good scene like overall. brooks is t1 cam smith is next he's t17 he was two under and then reed is next at t26 at one under like that's dj, DJ two there now oh yeah, dj's also one i, I keep forgetting for the amount, like they didn't show, they they tried to go out of their way to show as few live guys as possible, and it wasn't that hard today based on the way that they were playing. But they really leaned into Brooks as being like a major juggernaut. It really leads me to believe that there's those inside rumors of him returning to the PGA Tour are actually true. I was just gonna say it's because of that, Pat. It's it's the conspiracy factor, right? They've already talked about it. Like I, I don't know, I saw someone else tweet something else out about um the like the fee or what he would have to pay if he left there and all, all this stuff and it's just not worth it and all these other factors but yeah may, maybe that's why they were doing it neiman by the way did start off super hot he was yeah. four under and then disappeared three i mean not, not really three bogeys down the stretch a birdie and then another bogey just gave it back some but uh he was in the mix reed it's it's the guys you expected you i think you talked about answer to like these these are the guys that are closer in the mix, but no one no one's really in the mix beyond the Brooks factor at the top, and then see what he does over the next you know at least the next day to see how this really fares over two rounds before the cut, and then obviously we got to wait the whole weekend to see what happens.
Well, my favorite live player is now Kevin Na, as I won a three-to-one wager on Mike Weir versus Kevin Na today in the first grouping. And hey, listen, he was beating him by five anyway before the withdraw. So I don't want to hear about like, you only win because of the withdraw. And for people who don't know, in head-to-head or three-ball rules, if one of the parties WDs, as long as they hit a shot, it counts. Uh, mm-hmm. And it goes through. So uh, don't worry. And Na did what one. he always did and, and hit a bunch of shots and then just said, I'm out. I- I'm not going to be doing this. Yeah, he, he three-putted uh, number nine and was like, yeah, that's enough. Enough for me. Uh, let's know. Okay. Number 10, I think. No, it was number nine because I kept updating on the app. Like Weir was on like shot, like, you know, because this is what I was doing at nine o'clock in the morning, shot tracking Mike Weir and Kevin Na. But Weir was on like, had already hit a second shot. And I was like, is the app broken? Like if this, this is the best app on earth. How, how could it possibly be broken? Because Kevin Na hadn't hit his shot yet. Then finally he just switched to WD on the scoreboard. I was like, oh, for money. Perfect. Can't wait to like reinvest this and lose this. But honestly, with the way that my card is set up, I got four guys inside that magic number at T15 right now. Like, I don't see a reason to add anyone if you're me. I, I don't. Uh, I'm good. I, I have a Hovland Rose Day. You've got some of the others up there, especially the guy in Scheffler that you already have that I just think is, uh, for obvious reasons, everyone knows he's number one. But I'm saying some of that stuff, when you look at it, I know why the numbers in the Sims bear out what they do. But when you shake down tea time, strokes lost putting just who he is the experience literally the defending champion like all those factors to me it's like i don't like you could flip him and rom's number for me and i'd be fine with it i know you don't do it that way but i'm just saying that's that's where i see it being fine um i thought you would have got to watch all that coverage the great part of being in canada of course with all our coverage like all i could see at the gym was mike weir mike weir mike weir like they only had the one feed on and then you got the the mustache there with our guy graham d over on the channel watching him. So I, I don't know. There was a lot going on. I thought you would have been able to watch quite a bit of it, actually. Well, uh, we I didn't get it until hole three or four, I think. Because, like, the, just nothing was on at the, like, onset. You could only watch their shots on the app, which I was doing, going in shot by shot, looking at player by player to see what they were yeah. up to. And then, actually, now it's hole four that the coverage kicks in in the morning. You get, like, the four through six feed. But there was a point of the day after Nod WD, because they were the first group, and they were a twosome. And they were the, there was only two twosomes that were out all day, but they were the first one out. Then they lost a player. So they were already way out ahead of everyone else. And then we are playing by himself ends up just playing way faster because you know, obviously there's no one else holding him back. So there was the amen corner feed for 30 minutes when we got to amen corner that he played all of amen corner and he was the only guy on the feed. I saw your tweet, Jeff. Is that Jeff Knox music? I laughed. That's like the uh, the classic, right? We'll get it eventually. But the uh, the Willie Z withdrawal, just switching gears for a quick. Yeah, so, so Nah withdraws and Will Z withdraws and people are complaining that their lineups are dead. I Listen, it's happened to me. It sucks. It, it really sucks. Uh, especially when, you know, Will Z, if this was a month ago, would have been 25% owned. You go back to him anyway, because he's only 12, 13%. Like he sneaks up on you. Oh man, Will Z could win this. Then all of a sudden he wakes up, gets to the putting green. He's like, I don't got it. I'm out. Yeah. Doesn't this do like what I always say though? I always love to get the needle in when I can on this one about the injury reporting thing though. It was, it was reported this week that he feels like hundred percent I thought. And that's the whole point when he wakes up today and he gets there and it's that late of a withdrawal, obviously something was off. Either he re-injured it because it can happen. All these factors. Like, that's why I say, if you could have an injury report for every guy and you just never know it's golf, man, you tweak your body, anything in practice, all that stuff. I'm not some professional golfer. Play very, you know, very casually with friends, not great at it. I'm just saying it's obviously there's stuff that goes into it. These guys treat their bodies as much as they can to take care of themselves, but it doesn't take much, man. We've been watching it with some of these guys. And so, it, you know, it's one of those things I played. Willie Z actually had him on one of my main 
22-22 teams. There's $2,200 down the drain. It's really good otherwise with Brooks and with DJ and with some of the other guys in there that you could see making moves. Rose is on that team. Like It's a good team, but it's over because Willie's EWD. So it's just part of it. And and then the other crowd that says, oh, we'll just give us the guy that's next in line. Who? There's nobody here. Yeah, there's There's no one. See, I, I can... I can understand that at the Valero Texas Open. Like, if that's the way that you wanted to play it, Zalatoris withdraws and the $6,000 guy that takes the spot, you get to have him in your lineup. I'm actually okay with that. I think that's fine. But there's no replacing anyone at the Masters. Yeah. It's just, it's all part of the the other side of it too, is like the softwares and things like that that people forget. But it was a debacle with MMA when they went to it. That's why they switched back. I would actually prefer, and I know some other guys that play professionally or full-time would say that they just get rid of all late swap. And it's just part of doing business. If, you know, it happens in everything. People can get injured. Things can break down. You know, your car can crash in NASCAR. Like there's literally something in every sport that could happen. That's, it's just part of the it's cost of doing business. It sucks. Uh, I wanted to see Willie Z back out there. I was hoping healthy, 8,200 bucks on DraftKings. I know some people had bet him. All the stuff, his history here, the last two years, he played well. Great ball striker, good to watch. Just, I don't know, man. It had to do, had to be something for him to withdraw that late after some of the comments and stuff leading up and being there and all that stuff. I just, I thought it was odd. Did you see this cheating stuff with Morikawa yes. and Brooks? The Brooks, I saw them both, but who did, which one do you want to talk about first? Okay. So I'll talk about the Morikawa one. Cause I think it was Dan Bach who actually, that was the first person I saw put it out there. And I was like, huh, that's really strange. And then like five minutes passed, I saw people explain it. And I was like, Oh, okay. That makes more sense. What happened was when he went to go replace Morikawa on the green, went to go replace his ball, it wouldn't stay anymore. It would just roll off the green. So per the rules, you're allowed to put it to the next closest spot, even if it is closer to the hole, which was like, what, two inches? Well, it's unlikely to stay, too, if it's rolling back. If it's already rolling back there, if he sets it behind it, it's not going to make it much better. It's going to roll off the green. So I I, I saw that, too, and that's what I thought of. But, uh, you know, right away, I was like, there's no way Morikawa is that dumb. Like, he, he knows the cameras are on him. Like, it had to be something. And I was like, now it makes more sense once it gets explained. But yeah, our guy Dan goes a little viral on that tweet. People want to see it. Colin Mora a cheetah and cheating cheater more a cow. The C in Colin stands for cheater. Everyone was on this guy. His shit, shit's going to be blown up over this. And he didn't even cheat. So it's just one of those things. Um, the Brooks one, though, it's like he gets lumped in, but it's Ricky, right? His caddy. He definitely said it like he definitely said five, five, but he mouthed it because I don't even think Brooks knew he said it. No, and like, are we sure he was saying what club he hit, not what Woodland scored? Like, what'd you like? Because they have to keep everyone score in the group. That's up to the caddy. We're like, what'd you have on the last hole? Five. I knew. I think. I think Wood. Or so I saw that someone joked about that, but then I also went back and and looked at Brooks's thinking about. It. I didn't look at Woodland's, but I know Brooks shot a six on the hole before, so they said that didn't that didn't work for that. Well, it doesn't necessarily need to be the hole before because I like what, what did you have on eight or something like that? I missed it. Like, hey, listen, how many, I, I, how many beers did you drink last night? Yeah. Five. How many five. majors are you going to have after uh, this weekend? Five. Yeah. The majors, that's the one that went around. Is like, he's talking about his man's majors and how many he's going to have. But yeah, I don't know, man. Like, the, I don't know the exact ruling either. Like, I forget how it works because we don't know who asked, if anyone even asked for it. Was he just telling him? Is he used to doing that on the live tour? Maybe, maybe it flies over there. So he just tells the caddy, but he mouthed it. He didn't like yell it. He was hoping not. It looked like he was hoping not to get caught doing it and just kind of trying to slide it in there. Maybe not like the, the more cow situation where he knows his cameras are on him. He, he knows they're there. Just might've forgot, but it looked like he definitely said something. The rules committee already came out and said no infraction, no rule, no ruling is going to be laid down in that scenario. Here's the thing. I love the masters app. 
I love being able to go and see every single shot. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. I want it to go away if people are going to sit there and fucking call the rule police on every single fucking thing that happens. Like, get over, like, fuck off. Like, I, I just, I, I don't need to hear about this shit all the time. This is why we don't have it for other tournaments, by the way. Yeah, I agree. And also the other factor of like, it was always brought into play the, you know, go back to our guy, Rom, who we talked about earlier. Remember the two-stroke penalty at Memorial where he still won by whatever, or, or Reed, the time he won when he was up four. And it's the same thing. And like, and with Reed, different scenario, I know how he gets the bad rap. But the point was, is that they also are only micromanaging these exact spots for the superstars that are in the mix. Almost like there was a scenario you just had recently. You talked about this. Like, of course, this happens more often. We just only see it because the guys that are on the broadcast are up the leaderboard. But same thing. They're, you're not going to be able to call the rules police on everything you see, except on the main broadcast, except for, to your point, when we get the Masters app and you can literally go back in on every single thing. Now, we do get some good clips out of it. I remember last year there was a shot out of a bunker that we got that someone tried to take. And you, you get some funny stuff, but that's the tough part when people are just trying to call the cops on every rule that something goes on with. So I'm with you on that. Yeah, like, well, well, I mean, the Morikawa one was one thing because that was like legitimately like, yeah. oh, what's going yeah. on here? But the Brooks thing is like, get the fuck over yourself. <laughs> yeah, who cares? Yeah, I, like, I'm with you. Like it, fucking sit, sit in your mom's basement and fucking deal with it. How about that? <laughs> Woodland and uh, Gary are pretty, they must hang out in Florida and go out and, and do stuff together. So maybe he was just hooking his boy up with letting him know what club he, letting him know what his guy used and just saying, hey, you, you should try this too. They hit pretty, they've got to be, Similar. Neither, by the way, are, are built like linebackers, to be clear, but the both do have like a similar type build kind of set that, you know, when Brooks put a little on and, and Gary's getting a little older, that sort of setup. But I don't know, maybe he was just letting them know, but it is what it is. I'm, I'm not going to monitor all that stuff on the app. Yeah, I like that you're you're going through all these shots to try to see like cool stuff on the app, go relive a shot, and this is what you come away with. You're like, here's what I need to do. Go to the internet and report this. I'm a fucking tool. You know what I was trying to see though? There was one, uh, Sam Bennett. I'm pretty sure I was, I didn't go back and I, like, again, I'm not like that. I'm not going to pull it back up on the app, but I thought he had like a huge loogie, like was going to spit it. And I'm pretty, it looked like it went on his shirt and he did do like the wipe, but I couldn't tell if he actually did spit on himself. But every time the camera would go to him, he was spitting, which is fine. I, I just thought it was funny if he actually did spit the biggest one right on his shirt. It, it just, I couldn't tell. And I wasn't going back to look. Okay. Last, uh, betting showdown type thing because you kind of hit on him i mean i wasn't on him pre-tournament i know a lot of people out there have this outright bet but woodland played great today he's 75 to one he's minus four he's in the good wave yeah what's wrong with that can he win major champion like like his odds seem wrong to me versus everyone else and i know that everyone else has more name cachet Finau and Burns and Justin Thomas and Rose and all these guys. But if he's playing just as good as these guys is already minus four. We talked about the potential wave advantage that he can have. I mean, the ball striking was on point today. The putting was on point. I mean, yeah, he can most definitely put himself out of tournaments. We've seen that stuff can go south for him, but everyone else who's at his number is like 20 to one. He's 75 to one. Yeah. He's got the same amount of majors, including, and they're both U.S. Opens, as John Rahm at the top. And he had the wave and all that, so there, there you go. Well, to look I, at I don't it now, it too. Though. I'm with you, yeah. Woodland's plus 360 to finish top 10. I think that's actually a good bet. Plus 360 to finish top 10? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't hate it. We've been waiting for this, by the way, too. Like, like we've been 
monitoring this guy and waiting for it and hoping, I guess, for it. Maybe some of us more than others cheering for it to happen. And and now, of course, this is the week that he's right in the mix. So it's early. It's one day. But to your point, all the other factors that lead into it and then just completely writing him off because again, it's Gary Woodland. But still, it's kind of a good number when you think about all the other stuff that goes with it and how we're relating it to other guys we're considering. It makes perfect sense. So I'd actually have no problem with it. I'm seeing it at 66 in some other places, too. So 75. Not bad. Yeah, so DraftKings best of market right now on Gary Woodland, 75 to 1. I saw you wiping your nose there. Did, did I give you my sinus infection? Because I would feel very bad. I already gave it to Paul. No, I'm, I'm good, man. I just, I, I, you know, I've been off for a minute. The only time I've been in this room is with Kenny. I'm usually over at the studio with you. So maybe it's just a little bit dusty. That might be what it is. The cleaners got to get them back in here and get this office taken care of. But I'm feeling good. So nothing, nothing you've passed along. I appreciate that, though. All right. Well, thank you everyone to tuning in to the round one recap with myself and Tambo. We're tentatively scheduled to do the cut sweats live at 4.15 PM Eastern time on Friday, but we don't have the highest hopes that's actually going to happen. And we don't want to have to vamp for three hours like last time. So we're going to make a judgment call around 2 PM or 1 PM, I think of whether or not we're actually going to end up doing that. If it is a cancellation and I might just end up doing a short solo recap pod of where we're at what we can look forward to to the weekend as we try to project out what goes on but i want to waste everyone's time i don't want to you know go through the expense of paying people to show up to the studio turn it on only for us to turn off all the lights and be like well there's nothing to cover but you can still get in that draw for 500 bucks 250 from me 250 from tambo by rating and reviewing the pat mayo experience audio podcast five stars and subscribing and downloading we had our biggest download week for the masters ever and this show is only going to help. We can get another one in tomorrow. That's only going to help. And we still plan on going live on Sunday night. Grant, it's all pending whether or not they finish the tournament. But uh, Jeff and I will be going live that night as well. So hopefully you can join us all then on Mayo Media Network. Thank you all for watching. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Mayo Experience! Experience!